Once again, I would like to welcome you to church this morning. Um, as my wife has uh, previously introduced me, I'm Tundeko, the lead pastor of the Transformers Church. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Right. Um, first of all, I would like to especially appreciate everyone for your birthday wishes, the gift, the time, the surprise. I think hey, if one or two members of my family will not feel bad, I'll say it's the best birthday but, uh, best birthday I've ever had. Uh, it was full of fun. And um, and all of these, I give the credit to my wife for organizing this. Uh, it, was, it was kind of like surprising that I didn't even have a clue. I think I should start, I think I should intensify five prayers because to be honest, I had no clue anything was going on. No suspicion, nothing. She did really well. Uh, so I, I really appreciate my wife for, for that. I mean, I really needed that kind of unwinding because I've been working so hard um, since the year began. Um, I appreciate you, babe. Thank you so much for uh, that surprise. You know, I, I let me not go into details of uh, how the day went, but a few, a few people may see um, a few photos in line at some point when I share maybe just one or two of uh, from the photo shoot session I had on, on Friday. It was really amazing. And um, I got some friends around, uh, pastor friends and the family. I'd like to especially appreciate them as well. And um, a few members of church family were able to to show up and um it was amazing yeah so it was we had so much fun that we had a spiritual hangover <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday uh, when i woke up in the, okay well we didn't go to bed at the three a.m you know because we, had to, we were in london now we had to travel back to travel back to amazing kings i think we got home around 1 a.m so before you we unwound we still went back to watch some of the videos from our karaoke and uh, you don't need to see the video don't worry yeah it's fine and uh went to bed around 3 a.m I woke up around eight. I couldn't stand up from bed. So I, I stayed in bed for as long as possible. And it was indeed a spiritual anger. Okay, now I understand what you're saying. So I've never had anger like when people go to the pub or they go to the club. Uh, but from people's description of what I was going through, they said it was a spiritual anger. Amen. But we had so much fun. I really enjoyed myself. So once again, I would like to say thank you. And everyone who said that, uh, who uh, prayed for me on social media, people who have called the messages, I really appreciate you guys. Um, okay, I feel like saying this, I don't know why, but I have a feeling in my heart to say this. You know, I intentionally turned off notification about my birthday on Facebook. And um, I don't know why the Lord wants me to say this. It's something I would not normally do. Um, because back in the days, I just love it when a lot of people kind of just say, wish you a happy birthday. But I think I'm getting to this point in my life whereby I'm beginning to really try to define exactly the people who, who, who are investing in me and who actually cherish the, cherish the relationship I have with them. And um, uh, people that I never expected would remember my birthday actually sent me a text message, reached out. And that really, really, um, that mattered to me a lot. And a lot of people, you may have, say, 10,000 friends and everyone wish you happy birthday, but... I think we need to begin to really try to define who really matter. Who re I don't want to look at it from your own perspective or my own perspective as to who matters to me. But if you're a person who invests in relationships, right? Um, a time comes when you should know that um, you can't continue to expend or spend yourself or invest in all of your really all of the relationships in your life you need to define the quality ones the ones that are closest to you the ones that you can call at one or two a.m and they will respond 
while as a pastor, when there's emergency situation in my, in, in the church family, which we've not had, uh, and they have to call me at 2 a.m. And I don't pray we have, right? They can call me at 2 a.m. and I will respond. You know, they know they can't chat with me at 2 a.m. at 1 a.m. I will not even respond, right? I'm even sleeping. But what I'm trying to say is that besides the fact that I'm a pastor, um, who, who, who are the 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. friends that I have that I can call in, I can call on at, at midnight and they will respond? I hope you're getting the gist. I don't know why God is leading me in this direction. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I think it's high time we begin to um, identify the quality relationships in our life and invest in them. There is a habit that is um, quite um, prominent today and um, very common. And that habit is trying to have many friends and have acceptance um, from many people. Many people be, are defining their value and their worth uh, by the amount of um, praise or approval they get from a lot of people. Uh, friends, it, and this ties into what I've been talking about, which I'm trusting God to wrap up today. Friends, if we keep thinking that way, I don't think we get the best out of life because when you're trying to have many friends, right, um, and you depend on them for validation, acceptance, what happens is this, when there's kills among those friends, when there's opposition among those friends, you will not have a, a strong ground to stand upon because you find yourself you're trying to please one party, you want to please another part, you know, and people are funny. But when you have few friends, quality relationship, you invest in that, you invest time in the relationship and invest time equally. So it should not be, friendship should not be one way, uh, one way um, direction. It should be mutual. You invest and they invest. So if you have people in your life who have been investing time, they're checking on you and you're not responding. This morning is a time of repentance. Amen. The days of uh, the days of your ignorance, the Lord has forgiven. So from today, you want to start investing in that relationship. Create time. I know some people are not able to build relationship because they don't know how. But you can find books. You can you can you can find books that, that will teach you on how to build relationship. Amen. I have some books here just behind me. I have one on um, com compelling people, um, you know, they have quite, I can't, I can't read all the titles here, but I have books on how to build relationships with people. Some of them I've not read, or quite a number of them. But if I thought you don't want to read books, you don't want to invest that much time, one thing you, where you can start from is returning their call. If somebody calls you, just, it's a cutsy, just a cutsy thing, return the call. Amen. So um, that was very, very helpful for me, you know, the, to actually be, be able to recognize or identify people who actually kind of care, you know, not kind of care, who actually really care, right? So thank you so much, guys. I can thank you, you know, but I really appreciate you guys for those, uh, for your love and a shout on me on my birthday. Fantastic. So let's carry in the service. I've been talking about uh, fear of people, you know, freedom from fear of people and this is in the series our series titled uh, freedom from fear and we've been looking at different kind of fear we've looked at religious fear and we are looking at um a fear of people and fear of people as i've repeatedly um defined is you know uh, unhealthy an unhealthy desire for acceptance and validation from people unhealthy desire for validation and acceptance from people, unhealthy desire for the approval of men. 
And uh, most of the time, the reason why we are not able, we crave for this is because um, we are people, the fact that we, we are created in the image and the likeness of God, fantastic. God desires our praise, right? So in one way or the other, there's something in us that wants us, that calls for validation and acceptance, right? And God does give us this validation and acceptance. Uh, but as human, fallen human being, there is a tendency for us to want that validation from human beings, from people. And which is unhealthy because people are people, people have challenges, people have issues. So when you are expecting people to validate or accept you, they're actually bogged down with the issues in their lives. That's one of the reasons why I love um, the things that Jesus taught. You know, Jesus said, you know, ask us to give. He said it's more honorable to give than to receive. So if you and I are always thinking of how much we can get and what we want to get from people, we'll be miserable. And um, when people are going through their own life and they are not paying us the attention that we want, we realize that we want to do anything possible to get their attention. Um, now, I'm going to address something in my spirit from what I can see in my spirit. I can see a picture of a lady who is crazy about seeking approval, getting the approval from from guys, from people generally, right? And um, But what the picture I can see here is, you know, there's a particular guy, you, you're you trying to get him to, you know, you, you, are, you are leading for his acceptance and approval. And this guy has broken up with you and you realize, and then the next thing is that you've jumped into another relationship straight away. And this has been a pattern in your life. So you go into a relationship with people because you want them to give you, because you because of this deep longing for the acceptance and approval of people. And once this guy, once a guy leaves you for somebody else or something happens, you realize that you can't stand on your own without a relationship. This is unhealthy. This is a kind of a bondage and God doesn't want you to stay in it. You know, if you are having doubts about what I just said, you know, uh, that this is a bondage, the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, that the fear of people is a dangerous trap. It's a bondage. You know, it's a bondage in the sense that you are not free to become who you want to be. You can't stand on, on your own. You can't even look within you to find the values, to find the potential, to find the good and the treasure and the precious thing that God has put inside of you. You can't even see your purpose. You can't even see where God is taking you because you are overly obsessed with the love you want to get from people. And God is speaking to your heart this morning. Amen. If you're that person, if you need um, uh, if you need any kind of guidance, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, but God doesn't want you to stay that. You will definitely struggle to reach out to, to me as the Lord is calling these things out. But it is up to you if you want to come out of this bondage because it's not helping you. It's making you unstable. You know, how many men would do you want to have gone through or, want you, or do you want them to have gone through you Right, uh, and and you will never find what you're looking for. And if you have noticed that men are not stable because you go into the, into that relationship because you want of what you want to get, and they also are in that relationship with you because of what they want to get, you will never find fulfillment or satisfaction. But God has not called us to that. God wants you to live a fulfilling and satisfying life. Something may have broken in your life that has created this in your life, but God wants to set you free from this because he wants you to be finally happy with yourself and happy in your relationship with him. Amen. So please feel free to reach out and then we can guide you 
and support you in prayer as a counsel in, in, in that regard. Amen. Praise God. So the fear of people is a dangerous trap. So today I want to, I want to conclude by looking at um, how Jesus deals with receiving honor from people. How Jesus deals with receiving honor from people. What, what, Jesus, how did Jesus even handle it in his own time? So let's go turn our Bibles to John chapter 5, verse 39. John 5.39 Are we there? Uh, I'll read from the New King James Version. John 5.39 You there, right? Good. Let me scroll down. Now the Bible says, I said, Jesus, now this is Jesus speaking. He said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Let me repeat that. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. So if you are reading um, you, reading from your mobile phone or, or your, any digital device, I would like to align that. Or if you're reading a hard copy, Bible, you can align this. So uh, verse 41, it says, Jesus said, I do not receive honor from men. And when he's talking about men here, he's talking about people. Right. So I do not receive honor from people, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Now check this out, verse 44. It says, how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? You know, I said earlier on that um, we are wired for approval and validation. But our approval and validation should come from God, not from people. You know, when we talk about honor here, we're talking about respect. You know, we seek, we, we seek respect from people. We, 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 we seek acknowledgement from people, you know. But Jesus is saying to us here that there's, an, there's a honor, verse 44, there's a honor that comes from the only God. And this is the honor that we should seek. So it's not a bad thing for you to want to be validated or approved. But the question is, where are you seeking your validation? Where are you seeking your approval? And I'm glad that, you know, I, I had, I, I, I followed, I listened to God. And uh, I share with you what I did on my birthday. How many people can actually switch off notification for their birthday on Facebook so that the world, those sincere and unsincere people wish you a happy birthday and you're like, well, everybody just wishing me a happy birthday. But how many of them are sincere? I'm not saying they are not sincere, but how many of people are there of them sincere? Some people, it's just because the notification came and they just typed it in because they are happy to type in something, you know, and many of us will define our value or define our worth by the comments, shares, and likes that we have from social media. Let me tell you something. So I've tested social media and I kind of see how it works. You, you hardly get commitment on social media. Uh, this is not by any stats 
or data providers anywhere that I've read. But from my personal observation, you you will hardly get any commitment from one in 50 of your friends on Facebook, depending on how many friends you have. So if your people like, like me, we have about 4,000 friends on Facebook. I think I have about 1,000 followers there about. So we say one in four follow me on Facebook. And that's even if, you know, I don't want to go into all of this uh, statistics and data thing. But even though I thought a lot of people follow me, that doesn't mean that they will, they will commit when I, when I want to get some things done or I, may, or I raise an invitation about stuff that people for, follow me, or they will show up. I understand that we all have commitment in our lives and stuff, but the people that I'm really, really committed to, uh, you know, every now and then I intentionally look at what they share. If sometimes I don't even see it on their timeline, I go like, what's going on in this person's life? Or I, most of the time I reach out to people directly as opposed to going on social media, if I'll be very honest. Yeah, I call people, I send a message to people. Um, that's how I kind of roll. Right. And I think we need to start coming in, coming back to that practice because if social media were not there, are we not going to have relationship with people? But why, or why have we replaced quality relationship, meaningful relationship with people with social media? And a lot of, a lot of people are, are becoming less um, interactive with people because they are just, uh, they've isolated themselves in their own bubble and they just think and just think, I imagine all manner of things in their own bubble. You know, they send something and a lot of people, a lot of people react, but people don't realize that the fact that so many people react to whatever you post does not mean that you have a relationship with them. So we need to come out of our comfort zone and start building quality and meaningful relationship with people. Amen. I don't want the Lord is speaking so much in that direction this morning, but I'll just flow with him. Uh, as it leads me. Amen. So Jesus, let's go back to what the Bible says. So verse 44 of John chapter 5, Jesus said, how can you believe we receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Yes. So we should, we have this desire for honor and respect. But the question I'll repeat is, where are you seeking respect and honor from? But Jesus tells the horse here that God honors you. God respects you. God values you. God appreciates you. I understand. And I was having this um, funny conversation with God and, and he was laughing at me. <laughs> he said, how does that happen? If you, the more you train yourself in hearing God, uh, you, you will get this. So something happened and I was not happy about it. And, and God was saying to me that, you know, I know I'm encouraging you. And he said, and he said, is it because I'm not there with you physically and I've lost? And I started laughing. <laughs> I'm just kind of glad in my heart, you know, you know, I felt relieved from that challenge. And, um, I just laughed and I, 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 I had a wonderful night sleep because you just came to kind of joke with me and, uh, uh, you know, like, it, it was a very practical example of when a father is talking to a child and like, is it because I did this? Is that because I did that? Are you trying to say this? And we're having this back and forth conversation and I was like, uh, I just felt immersed in the goodness and the kindness of God. I laughed, I, I rejoiced in my heart and I slept like a baby. See, God wants us to be in that place all the time where we see him as our father and he's got our back. Amen. But that does not mean that we don't take responsibility right for our life uh for our lives doing the things we are supposed to do amen yeah i, I trust god as i continue in this journey with the church family we'll all get to this point where we're able to balance things so the fact that god has got, has got my back god provides for me god meets all my needs does not mean i should not show up i walk the following day doesn't mean that i should not look for a way to do businesses or and when i say businesses i'm not saying i'm running businesses but i'm saying that to do something to trade so that i can 
um, offer a service or a product in exchange for money, um, we need some balance in this area. I know that many Christians, and I've met quite a number of them, many Christians believe that because God is their father, he's got their back, they think they should not work or they should think they should not uh, look to in, uh, increase their income. Like, you know, you don't need much in this life. God's all you need. Friends, I need money for ministry. I need some serious money for ministry. So if all Christians were like, you know what, I'm fine, I'm okay. If I'm on 15,000 pounds a month, and that, a year, that's fine. You know, all I need to do is just to be able to uh, feed myself, you know, do this. No, you're, uh, that thinking is not, um, is not correct. Is not correct. Now, God may, God meet all your needs, but that God does not want to live in poverty. And God is not the one, I'm not saying being on 50K or 10,000 pounds a year. And I'm, when I'm talking about the salary figures, I'm talking about people who probably in their 40s, 50s, I'm not talking about youngsters who am I just becoming out of college. So I think I should clarify that. So when you begin to have responsibilities, you are married, now I'm speaking to a man, you're married and you have children. Friends, I must be honest with you, you have a responsibility to increase your earning. Yeah, God will meet your need. God will do that, but it's your responsibility. Don't expect money to jump down from heaven. No, if any dollar or pound comes from heaven, it is fake. You know why? Because God does not print dollars in heaven. So it's not that easy to actually expand ourselves, challenge ourselves, build ourselves, train ourselves in this as believers in this world generally. You know, when we have spiritual responsibilities and accountabilities and here we still have to go to work we still have to build business it's not easy it's not easy for me either you know sometimes when um one or two members of my church of our church family say things that uh, you know when when we're talking about our, our midweek meeting on wednesday i'm like ah sir it's not easy i'm smiling i'm looking at them I'm like do you think it's easy for me now last week wednesday i had my dinner at quarter to midnight i had dinner at quarter to midnight because from the morning i woke up i was in meetings all through to evening at work and that's why i think i had one or two counseling sessions and i had to prepare slides for the transformers connect meeting i did that you know and when you're in these meetings you have to be very sensitive you know very observant hearing what people are not saying i finished that i can't remember to something else i went to a prayer meeting prayer session i finished that around 11 30 and 11.45 was when I had my dinner. I went to bed around 1. Had to be up the following morning for my Bible study before I go to work and stuff like that. So people, and when some people say, ah, sir, it's not easy, I'm thinking, do you have a clue what I do? If you have a clue, <laughs> if you have a clue, you know that it's not difficult for you who is attending. It's very challenging for me. I have a family, I'm married. I mean, a lot of things are going on in my life. Amen. So it's what I'm trying to call out is I'm not trying to insult people. What I'm trying to call out is it's not easy. It's not easy to have this huge responsibility and still go to a nine or five. And if you listen to me carefully, you know I don't say rubbish. And for me not to say rubbish in my teachings and in my Transmas Connect meeting and to be intelligent in, in my application of scriptures, you know I spend some time um, listening, studying and doing some stuff. Amen. And for me to even be able to relate with you and connect with you, those giftings, those abilities don't fall from heaven. And as I'm watching you guys, as I'm listening to you guys, as I'm speaking, there's so much going on in my brain right now beyond what anybody can think. God is saying things to me. I'm assessing to so is this correct? Is my spirit speaking? Is it God speaking to me? So many things going on as I'm speaking to you right now. So it is not easy at all. So what I'm trying to say is this. The fact that God loves us, the fact that God cares about us, does not mean that we should not take responsibility. Amen. That's another word of knowledge for someone. I'm trusting God today that it will help me to finish this. 
message because I have to speak to the heart of people as he wants to speak to them. Hence, I encourage people, don't miss Sunday service. Don't miss Sunday service. If we're to teach you the word of God for you to be skilled in how to apply the word of God, I have other pro- other avenues for that, like Transformers Connect. And then I'm looking to start a kind of like um, the fundamentals of the Christian faith. I have a lot of programs I'm putting in place for people to, you know, as they come to the church avenues, you know, we're going to start conferences at some point to train people on the word of God. But on Sunday, God wants to speak to your heart. God wants to, wants to fellowship with you in a, in a sense. God wants to prepare you for the week. Right. Uh, so I encourage people, please do not miss Sunday services. Amen. Imagine I'm, I'm teaching on the fear of people and somebody coming and their problem in their marriage has to do with something finance. Right. And it's, it's a pressing pain in their heart you know, and it's about to divide a home. And God lays something in my heart concerning finance. I have to talk about it because someone needs that. Amen. So uh, welcome to the world of pastoring. Um, this is this is life we live. Amen. And it's fun. It's, 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 it's joyful. You know, when I when I say some things that sounds like I went off course, which I know I didn't go off course, and somebody comes to me and say, you know what, I've been struggling with my spouse in this area for many for many months now, and I didn't know how you got there, but you talked about it, and it has resolved the problem in my marriage. That's the joy of a pastor, as it does what God has called him to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we saw there that Jesus said, you know, he does not receive, he does not seek honor from people. Like, and he was challenging the people about the source of the honor, the seek, the source of their honor. Is it from people? Is it from God? But obviously he says to them that, that these guys don't seek honor from God. They seek honor from people. And Jesus was showing the people that if you are seeking honor, validation from people, you find it difficult to believe in God. Now, in context, it was saying to these guys that they don't come to him, the source of eternal life, right? They don't come to him, the source of eternal life. He said, uh, let's look at verse 43. He said, I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. That is the approach of many of us today. That's the, that's the, that's the attitude of most of us today. Many of us would rather receive the word of a, of a prophet Right, and we have a man of stuff in the body of Christ, especially in Africa. The word of a prophet—I've had a man of stuff. I'm trying to remember a particular one. Uh, either receive the prophet in the name of a prophet, wait till like begin to teach about the ministry of prophet, right? And people honor the word of prophet so much that they do not honor the words of Jesus, even when the prophet has gone off course, completely off course, telling you to do things like uh, pray, uh, pay sacrificial offering and thanksgiving sacrifice. It doesn't make sense. There's no such thing as thanksgiving sacrifice. It does not exist. Thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude from your heart to the Father. Even the book of Corinthians, Paul said, God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians, God loves a cheerful giver. And it says that you should not give out of comfort portion. You should give from your heart. (laughs) So the real giving is from your heart. The real giving is not a substance you give. The real giving is the expression of gratitude from your heart. So when somebody is asking you to give money as a sacrifice to God, as thanksgiving, they are misteaching you. Because the real giving is is the gratitude from your heart. Many Christians are grumbling, are mumbling, are hungry, are sad because they are giving but they they are not getting a return. I was speaking to someone over the weekend and I'm very sincere. I said, I've given, 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 given. I did not see anything in return when I used to be in these religious circles. And I smiled. I said, 
I'm happy you are saying this because many Christians are not open and transparent about this. You have these annual conferences, annual conventions. They ask you to make these huge sacrifices and you have been given the sacrifices, but be very honest. How consistently have you seen anything return? And this ties back to what I was talking about. Your giving is not what you can automatically guarantees getting. Oh, Jesus Christ is Lord. Sunday has touched something. In the body of Christ, for the test, New Testament believer, we don't give to get. We give as an expression of gratitude. We give because of our nature to give. Amen. We don't give tight so that God can bless us in return. He has blessed you already. Out of the blessing is how you are able to bring some things to the Lord. I said we're going to start receiving um, tithes and offering, um, I think, June kind of stuff. The truth is this. Every member of church family give. So I don't need to raise an offering or tithe because I did not even tell them to start giving when they started giving. So if, you, if you're thinking, how come Sunday doesn't raise tithes and offerings? Because the people are giving, I don't need to raise off. By the time I, we open the church account and we're trying to do our reconciliation by the end of the week, you see people have given consistently. So I don't need to. Right. So, okay. In case you have been asking the question about giving, right? So we are saying to you that people give, right? So if you want to give to, you can reach out to us. We tell you how to give. Uh, the website, church website is going through a kind of um, redesign at the moment and uh, we'll, we'll bring back the buttons for you to give. It's our nature to give, right? So Jesus, uh, is our nature, sorry, I'll repeat that. It's our nature to give and we give not to get. Amen. We give not to get. We give because of our nature. So if somebody is saying to you that you need to, you need to give us Thanksgiving sacrifice, the teaching is wrong. Amen. So Jesus is saying to us here that, you know, some of you guys, so well, I'm trying to connect that to, you know, what I was talking about, love of Jesus. A prophet tells you to give a Thanksgiving um, offering, Thanksgiving this, Thanksgiving that. So one of the concerns I have in my heart is this. I've come across many, uh, a number of Christians in the past few weeks. And the sad thing is that many of those people are not able to really demonstrate Christian intelligence. You know, when, you, when I say intelligence, I'm thinking when you're thinking correctly, properly, and it's not their fault. It's because of this. They seek honor from a prophet and not Jesus Christ. They seek honor from men and not Jesus Christ. They feel accepted. They feel valued when the prophet says that you who are doing this, you are blessed. And they say, man, really? No, they are not blessed. They are cursed. Do you know why I said they are cursed? Go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. The Bible says that as many people are trying to impress God, to receive validation from God based on their giving, based on anything you do. He said they are under the cross because it is under the... So it is a performance-based mentality. So you, anytime you are, your Christian life is being run on a performance basis, you are putting yourself under a curse. You know, when things will not work properly for you, you are putting yourself under the control, the manipulation of the elements of the world. I know that's a bit deep. I can I can clarify that in, uh, more in future. But okay, you know what? To help us, let's go to Galatians three. Galatians three ten. So you can read it in your own spare time and get more. Because I'm trying to finish this today. I have about ten minutes to go. Now the Bible says, "For as many as of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law.'" But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for, for the just shall live by faith. The believer is called to live by faith, to live by the word of God, trusting in God. Like Jesus said, you don't come to him for eternal life, but you're trying, you are trying to reach God, connect with God based on what you have, what you can give your material things. It doesn't work that way. So if you are trying to go, if you want God to bless you, 
based on your giving, you are putting yourself under a curse. Not that God is cursing you. And that's why many people have been given their tithe in ex- expecting something to happen and nothing is happening because that's not how it works. You give as an expression of gratitude to the Father. And when you give, you're not even giving to God because he doesn't need your money. You are giving to his work. When you give to churches like us, we use the money. To, we use the money to do a lot of things that God is asking us to do. Where I mean, <laughs> about to try to get the best that I can get in um, for to be to redefine our to rebuild our website. And there's so many things in the pipeline for us. We need to go face to face. We're gonna pay for buildings. We're gonna pay for stuff, right? So the money that we people give into the ministry is what we use or what, what we're gonna be using to you know help people to create environments where people can come together. And, um, and and fellowship and be educated, trained in the words of righteousness. You know, we have we have quite a number of subscriptions. So for you guys to be able to watch us on YouTube, on Facebook, we had to pay subscription service for another company to be able to bring that out to you guys. Everything we use there is money. The microphone I'm using is not cheap. The mixer in front of me is not cheap. The camera in front of me is not cheap because I like we like quality, you know, and I don't want to go into all So uh, let's try to wrap up this giving thing. So we give because it's our nature to give as believers and it's our responsibility, not because of what we want to get. Uh, so I hope I balanced that a little bit. Your principles, the principles you live by should be based on the word of God, not based on what the prophet wants you to do because you honor that prophet above God. Jesus said, if another comes in my name, him you will receive. And many of us are wondering why we are not able to walk in the favor, in the blessings of God, in peace with God. We are not, many of us are not able to experience the peace of God because we're in a performance-based relationship with God, right? But the real honor we seek is the one from men. When your pastor tells you things like, you guys have done well. Many of us are living for the honor of our pastor, respect for our pastor, validation of our pastor. That's not correct. Your pastor should be connecting you with the Father, should be connecting you with the Word of God, should be teaching you the Word of God just the way I'm teaching you. You should not be seeking my validation or approval, but I, it's my duty to ensure that I challenge you guys, I build you guys up, I train you guys, I encourage you guys, I motivate you guys, but it is not my duty to make you, it is wrong of me to make you to live for my validation. It's ungodly, it's unscriptural. Amen. So your validation and acceptance should come from the Father because if it comes from if it, if it comes from anywhere else, it will affect your relationship with God. I repeat, your validation, your, your desire for validation and acceptance should come from the Father. If it comes from another source, it will affect your relationship with God. Amen. And the more men, be, the more human beings and being human, right, the more miserable you will be because they will not give you what you are looking for. You see, your peace and satisfaction and joy is not in people, it is in God. So let you and I begin to train ourselves to put our focus in the right place, which is God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right, so let's run through this. Uh, John chapter 12. Let's look at verse 37 to 43. John chapter 12. John 12, 37 to 43. So, the Bible says here, it said, uh, uh, said, but although he had done, uh, but although, am I reading John 12? Okay, good. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe him. 
Listen carefully. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and tongues, so that I should heal them. These things, as I said, when he saw the glory and spoke of him. Okay, please, Mark 41. So in case you are thinking about, if you have any challenge about the glory of God and you are thinking about glory, and expecting something to happen in the auditorium during worship, um, you are not um, saying correctly because the glory of God is Christ Jesus. Amen. And if Christ Jesus is in your heart because you're born again, the glory of God is in you. So the glory of God is not something that you come and seek somewhere. The glory of God is inside of you. Amen. So that's just bonus because we're in service this morning. Praise the Lord. Now, let's carry on. 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes he who believes in me, believes not in me, but he who sent, but he who sent me. So let me cl- clarify that. Now, see, so the thing is this when you honor Jesus Christ, you're honoring God. If you're honoring God through a man of God, and Jesus Christ doesn't make a sen- doesn't make any sense to you, you are not honoring God. Amen. Because Jesus is God come in the flesh. Jesus is the human form of God. And he's the exact representation of the Father. And if you read if you read um Verse 42 there, he says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Friends, if you love the praise of men, this is, I'm still trying to verify to prove to you that praise comes from God, that God loves you, God cares about you, God encourages you, God motivates you, God beats you up, God sings up about you. I mean, God thinks so much about you. God is madly in love with you. There's a praise that comes from God, but many of us don't seek that praise because we don't know any praise comes from God. And I've used these two scriptures, John chapter 5 and John chapter 12, to show you that a praise comes from God. God claps for you. Friends, it is a sad thing for the world to clap for you and God is displeased. You go, you, you go and preach somewhere, everybody claps for you because you, you kind of um, tingled their sensational ears and they're so happy, you know. Time will not allow me to go into some drama to dramatize for you guys this morning. Right. But God looked at what you've done and his heart is literally bleeding because you did not do what he asked you to do. You rather went to do something that will impress men as opposed to something that God asked you to do. And if you don't know, you have deprived the people of the blessing of God. Because many times what people really need is the truth that will heal them, that will set them free. But you've gone to tell them what they wanted to hear, reinforcing the falsehood and the deceit in their hearts, further keeping them in bondage. One thing I've known is this, I've observed in my life, life of many men of God. Many times when we share messages and teachings like this, sometimes people don't like it. But the truth is when they go back into their room, the Holy Spirit asks them, what he told you, is it true? Yes. And over the years, some people are humble enough to come back and say, Pastor, thank you for that message you taught you at that time. That message set me free. You know what? Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, he said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Let's stop telling people what they want to hear. Let's start telling them what God wants them to hear. So I've tried to use the many illustrations over the past few weeks that if you continue to seek the desire and the praise that comes from human beings, 
it will affect your relationship with God. It will hinder your purpose. It will prevent you from doing what God wants you to do the way he wants you to do it. You will not be successful. Now, you may be successful in the eyes of the world, but you are not successful according to God because success is in doing what God has called you to do the way he wants you to do it. Amen. I will never compromise on the truth regardless of whoever does not like it. You know, even when I'm speaking in the most subtle uh, subtle and quiet voice, people still get offended at what, the, at what I say. Amen. But the truth is the truth. I will not tell you a lie that will keep you in bondage. The truth is what will make you free. You may not need to like it. I don't like, do you think I like some of the things that I teach? I don't like them. My flesh doesn't like them. My flesh doesn't like them, but I'll tell you as many and as all of them that I've followed, I've experienced more freedom and liberty. That's like I said, you know what? This year, I've turned on my the notification for my birthday on Facebook. I just want to have a quiet one with my friends and loved ones, people who have really invested in me, in my relationship with them and me in them as well. God wants you to be free. Amen. Right, so please meditate on those two scriptures and, um, trust, and I want to trust God to help you. I will say this over and over. I can say this all over and over and over again. If you seek the praise of people, it will affect your relationship with God. It will hinder your relationship with God. It will hinder you from being successful in life. Not the success of men, but the success of God. A pastor may have 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 capacity church, and in the highest of other pastors is a success. He may have a, a church that can see 10,000 people, and the highest of other men of God, like him, that may be a success, but in the highest of God is utter failure because he's not doing what God has called him to do. Friends, the size of building does not, is not, a, is not a, a sign of ministerial success. Size of congregation is not a sign of ministerial success. Now, the sign of true success in ministry, no, no human being can know except God. And I say this with all due respect. I know fathers in the faith who have massive, who has massive auditorium, you know, in ministry. But I can tell you, I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young guy, right? But when I look at what, God, what, what, how they are going about it, because I have access to some, I have access to certain things behind the scenes. When I look at what they are doing, and with respect to what the Bible says about what we are called to do, according to the word of God, they are not successful. But in your eyes, in the eyes of many people, these are huge ministries. They are successful, but according to the word of God, they are not. So you can, you, you human beings cannot define success and we should not try to get human beings to define us as successful because in the height of other people, when we have what they define as success, but in the height of God, we failed. Amen. So how do we, let me try to wrap this up. Now, um, I've, I've mentioned a few solutions to all of these problems, you know, as I was teaching on and on. So if you listen to this message, you know, as if I knew I was going to have challenge trying to come to a point whereby I, I, some, I you know, call out all the solutions. So I've tried to uh, give you guys solutions as I call out those issues. Uh, but a few things I want to say here is this. Um, we need to make up our mind to come out of this unhealthy desire for the acceptance of people. The Bible says, come out, up, come out from among them and be a separate. Touch not the unclean things and I'll be your father. Come out. You know, make up your mind to say, you know what? I want to start living for the praise of people. And if you stick around long enough with us, uh, I'm sure we'll be able to demonstrate that to you and help you out in that area. Uh, also, another thing I put here is that trust in God. Trust in God is what, trust in what God says about you. Take, you know, make up your mind to believe God for what he says about you. Make up your mind that what God says about you matters more than what anybody says about you. 
Make up your mind to seek, to find out from the word of God the great and mighty things they are about you because all human beings today may be saying nice things about you, but that doesn't mean they'll be saying nice things about you tomorrow. One of my friends, Pastor Dio, you know, was talking about um, a boxer uh, who was defeated re- recently. And it, I don't know, it, 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 but Dio sometimes behave like, like an intelligence officer. I, I don't know, he got an anointing. He has it, he has a special intelligence in that area. Now, he said he's been monitoring the social media landscape and nobody's pressing this particular boxer the way Mbish mentioned it so that you guys can know Anthony Joshua. He's not my fa- I'm not a fan of him. I don't watch boxing, so I don't have any affiliation or any kind of thing with him. So, Holy Spirit, help me that. Amen. All right, let me keep quiet in Daria. Now, and um, Daria said that, you know, people people will always be people. When you are succeeding in their eyes, they follow you. And when you don't seem to succeed in their eyes, they stop following you. It's just natural. Hence, we have to intentionally identify the quality relationships in our life and protect them and invest in them. Don't live for the appraisal of thousands of people. It's not real. It's because you are meeting their needs at that point in time. So, 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 so guys, some of us at some point will mess up. We will not do things correctly. Right. And um, the whole world, even your church may turn their back on you, but your spouse or your few friends may be the one who is supposed to stand by you in all of that moment. So before you become a celebrity, you know, when I say celebrity, I'm putting the quote here. Before you become a celebrity, ensure that you know the vital relationships in your life. You invest in it. And regardless of how much appraisal or how much praise you get from people, ensure that your your real estimation of yourself is based on the quality, few quality relationships in your life. Your estimation of yourself should never be based on how thousands of people are praising you, but how the very few people in your life and ensure your heart is established in these few relationships. Ensure your heart is first established in your relationship with God and the few quality ones in your life. Don't live for the praise of the thousands and millions of people. They will leave you as soon as they are not getting what they think they would want to get from you. That's human beings for you. Amen. Um, so I've also said that ensure you, you have it established in your heart that God loves you. God praises you. He sings over you. And I said, surround yourself with people who put their trust in God and not seek the honor from men. If you want to overcome this fear of people, you need to work with people who are not afraid of people. People who are not validating themselves by other people's praise. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, He that walks with the wise shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. So if you truly and truly really want to experience the freedom from fear of people, walk with people who are on the same journey, not people who are seeking one politician or looking for at all, or unhealthily or look or harmfully looking for likes and following on social media, those ones will not help you because their heart is not will not be focused on building quality relationship with God and with people. Their heart is on the praise of men. The, it's, a, it's, a, it's a celebrity virus. You know we have coronavirus going around. So there's also I think I think the, the I don't know which one. Okay, well coronavirus has really killed a lot of people. But celebrity virus, right, is killing people emotionally, mentally and psychologically. So even though they are not being killed by coronavirus. That virus is eating people up in their heart and making them become who they are not. Making something unhealthy out of their life. Killing them psychologically. Fear of people is very destructive. Amen. Amen. So surround yourself with people who put their trust in God and do not seek honor from men. We don't need the affirmation of other people to feel complete and do what God has called us to do. I repeat, we don't need the affirmation of people to feel complete. 
the Bible says that we are complete in Jesus. Everything you need, see, you are the most, um, you are the most amazing person on earth according to the purpose that God has given to you. Nobody is better than you, so don't compare yourself with other people. With respect to the purpose and the plans of God for you, nobody is better than you, and you are not better than anybody else because your purpose and assignment is unique. Amen. Your purpose and assignment is unique. So you are not better than anybody else and no one is better than you. And don't seek to be better than anyone else because when you begin to do that, it means your eyes is off the ball and you're looking the wrong direction. So individuals, believers, we should not be competing with one another when it comes to our, our fulfilling our purpose because no two purposes to some extent, just permits to use that word, no two purposes are exactly alike. God has called us to complement each other, to complete each other, as he has given us very different graces and abilities to build one another up. Amen. Amen. So finally, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 27. This you must not forget. Let's go to Proverbs 29, 27. Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs. 29, 7. Sorry, 29, 27, sorry. The Bible says, an unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, and he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. So the thing is this, whether you do right, some people will not like you. Whether you do wrong, some people will not like you. A righteous man who is an abomination, a righteous man, a man like me, who speaks the truth, will be hated by some people. That I must establish. If I seek for the validation and approval of people, people I mean, I will not be speaking the truth and I'll have a huge following. But that following is death. Because they're telling me what I want to hear and I'm telling them what they want to hear, but I'm displacing God and I'm putting those people in more bondage. I ain't going to do that. I'll resolve in my heart. If what success means to God is that I'm pastoring 50 people, I will take them as success and I'll invest everything I have in those people than to be a pastor of a thousand member church and people see me as, say, ah, he's, he's a pastor of the largest church in Milton Kings. Is that, is that success? Does that mean that I'm doing what God has called me to do? Does that mean that I'm fulfilling my purpose? No, because that is success according to the estimation of man. So if you're a righteous person who speaks the truth, the wicked will not like you. Take that, just accept it, it's there. And if you are doing wrong, right, people will not like you. And people's um, thought of right and wrong depends on them these days. The people are trying to get rid of anything called moral absolute. But we have moral absolute according to the Bible and nothing's going to shake it. Nothing's going to change it. So if the Bible tells me that the ungodly will hate the righteous person or I am going to be an abomination to the ungodly, so be it. And I choose that way. Amen. I pray that God give you more understanding in this area. I know I've covered a lot. Please take your time to watch the four part um, videos or listen to four part audio messages from this uh, freedom from fear of people and I'm very sure it's gonna bless you.